Friendless is presented by the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Friendless, another episode of the only podcast about me, your host, James Avermenko, losing all my Facebook friends one hour at a time. This week, I unfriend Angus Wilson. Angus is a musician hailing from Calgary. That's where I met him. He's gone through California and is currently based out of Nashville. We talk about all kinds of fun stuff, the state of COVID in the United States, the kind of people who peak in high school. Spoiler, assholes. Um, Approaching relationships with generosity and how to hold on to the right people in your life. If you stick around to the end of the episode, I've got some really fun updates about the future of Friendless. But that is then. This is now. So let's just leave it there. For now, let's jump right into my interview with Angus Wilson here on Friendless. Do you get that feeling when, when like, you, you know, you've got all these friends on Facebook and there's all these people who you love and they're from your past and you have all these great moments and memories with them, but you almost like, it's almost like we have to have a, a reason to reach out to somebody. You can't just mm-hmm. like, it's weird to just say hi, right? <laughs> you know, it's weird <laughs> to just like be friendly. Somehow that's a threat. So instead you have to have like an excuse to say hello, you know, and uh so this show is such a great excuse to be like, all I've wanted to do for 15 years is see how Angus is doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, likewise, brother. It's really, really good to hear from you and I appreciate you having me on. I think that's I think that's also something that's really beautiful about this age of technology. You know, there's so much shade being thrown at, you know, Facebook and, you know, these social media platforms that are really eating up so many people's like brainwaves. And yeah. I definitely I definitely resonate and understand that. But there's a beauty in the fact that, yeah, like before social media, um, these types of relationships are very, very well could be relationships that just sort of like slip through the cracks and 10 years, mm-hmm. 15 years go go by and I wouldn't know what the hell you're up to. But uh, um, we get to keep in touch with each other. And, and how cool is it that like after 15 years from graduating high school, uh, we get to catch up on a podcast, man. I love technology. <laughs> Absolutely. It is that funny. It's almost like, you know, it's because it's the whole thing about like, it's just a tool and what it what it's what's more important is how you use this tool you know Mm -hmm. like like the fact of the matter is you're absolutely right we could use it for absolute connection and all and good and instead i think we more err on the side of like i'm just gonna doom scroll for a while and then i'm gonna look at photos of puppies and and then i'm gonna call it a day and then i'm gonna stare at my netflix for the rest of the night you know yeah it's also it's also like i think it also gives people sort of this um it can be a negative in in a way in, in terms of like it almost hampers relationships when people think yes. that it's just enough to like like a photo. Yep. <laughs> and that's like that's like your connection with somebody and, and you end up that ends up sort of being your communication and there's not any real like connection reaching out. And I think it's so important. I think actually the pandemic like COVID once everybody mm-hmm. sort of shut down, I don't I I zoomed with more people and FaceTime with more friends than I have in five years during that during that two months lockdown where i was at and uh so it's it is and i just realized it's really important that we continue to stay connected especially with those that we love and um 
you know, for me, it's uh, they're all over the all over the country at this point. So it's yeah, important. well, and so this is this is actually where I want to jump into because um, you're you're all over the place. It's fascinating getting to mm-hmm. watch sort of where your life has been taking you through this time. Because you know what I'd like to hear is sort of because right now you're in Nashville, right? Yeah, Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. Fuck yeah, that's awesome. And 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 how like. How did you go from Calgary to Nashville? I realize that's like you know. I mean, I you know, I get it. That's a massive window, but like, but but uh, but what is that thread that takes you there? Yeah, man, from Calgary to Nashville, that sounds like a book. Um, I've, <laughs> I've I've had a, a pretty eclectic life for sure over the last, um, especially last five years. But um, I'm a you know a musician. I'm and currently uh, work as a as a producer uh, for the most part and work with artists. Um, and I think, you know, I've always had a bit of an ethos around, uh, independent art, keeping art authentic and, and really there's a therapy, a therapy that happens, a health kind of side of, of musicians being able to express without having to change themselves and, you know, get a boob job, you know, (laughs) change their name just so that people will listen to their shit, you know? So I actually spent the last four years in California. I moved from, from Calgary to Southern California in 2016 and I lived um, and started a company called Music House, which was, uh, um, you know, on the outside, it looked like a record label. Really what it was, was a, an art, artist development company and we were um, merged with a tech company. So um, I had a recording studio down there. I worked with tons of different artists. Um, and for the most part, you know, as an executive in the company, pretty much I, I produce music for a living. I just worked out of the studio, which was a, has been a dream of mine forever. And I've always wanted to live in California. Um, there's always a bit of a tug for me uh, down there. And I got the opportunity and I was in, um, I was in Cochrane at the time, actually. I had, a, I had a music venue and a guitar store in Cochrane. And I was running a couple of different music venues as artistic director. And working with artists, like literally just kind of one-on-one coaching, um, starting to get into producing a little bit. I think I called myself a producer, uh, <laughs> uh, but that really that really got put to the test when I when I kind of, I mean it's it's a much deeper story, but I resigned, packed everything into a car. I called it jumping and uh, growing wings on the way down, and I moved down to California um, and took a pretty big risk, and um, it was uh, one of the best decisions that I've ever made to just kind of risk everything. So uh, I spent the last four years in California, and then um, right before COVID, uh, I actually exited uh, Music House, and I, um, I, I we kind of got it to a point where I felt like we had kind of served what I came down there to do. And we, it was almost starting to move in a direction that I didn't necessarily uh, see as being an integrity to why we started it in the first place. And um, it came from this, it came right during the, the information that we were actually getting defunded from the uh, investors that had actually funded uh, the last couple of years of our, of our time there. Oh, and bummer. instead, which I'm not, I mean, you know, that's, that happens in business. Yeah, of it's, course. it's pretty par for the course. Um, and it came at a time when I think everybody was kind of looking at the company in, in a way of like, you know, how is this scalable? How are we really going to do it? For myself, it was just so much work. And um, and I decided to just kind of take what I called sort of an artistic sabbatical. And mm. um, definitely during COVID and like the Black Lives Matter movement and the fires and everything. I mean, there's a yeah. mass exodus of people leaving California right now. And that wasn't necessarily my decision, but um, 
I was called to just kind of get back to the woods a little bit and go explore a little bit and spend some time really producing and writing again and not as much in the executive chair. And so I moved to Asheville, North Carolina for six weeks. I moved there in July. I left my my house by the beach and my recording studio and everything. And I moved to a little cabin with my with my buddy, Adam Roa, who's an artist. And uh, we spent six weeks out there. And then I actually, so wrapping up this long story. No, story, no, it's great. It's, yeah. <laughs> I actually uh, have a friend uh, named Lindsay, uh, Lindsay L, who I played guitar with for about four or five years back back home in Canada. Um, and she moved to Nashville and, and blew up in the country music industry. She's actually Whoa. had like the top album in the country, you know, Calgary Girl, incredible guitar player. Wow. Um, and she's she's had some pretty major success here in the country music industry. And I hadn't seen her in 10 years. And so my buddy Adam and I did a little road trip. I went up to West Virginia, where my father's from, and, and saw like my grandmother's grave and this whole pilgrimage. It was really, really cool. I haven't been to the South in, in, since I was probably 14. And on the way through, uh, I was like, we should stop in Nashville and spend a few days in Nashville and just go check out the city. Plus, I got a buddy out there named Lindsay. Uh, I would love to see her. It's been a while. And we ended up hanging out with Lindsay for a couple of days um, here and there. And Adam, my, my good, my, one of my best friends on the planet, and Lindsay ended up uh, connecting and they're now dating. And so <laughs> <laughs> we were supposed to, we were, we were in Asheville at the time. Uh, Adam's experiencing this new relationship with one of my a girl I consider like a sibling, um, which is really cool. And Adam and I were supposed to be on a plane to Bali for um, uh, September and October um, okay. doing a show uh, called The Art of Choosing Love out there. Uh, it's kind of a docu-series. Um, and we were going to be in Bali for two months and then Australia for two months. And uh, then we found out that both those borders were staying shut until uh, 2021. So uh, we kind of like landed at this place. Where we're like, well, what the fuck do you want to do now? <laughs> right? Yeah, right. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, we decided, you know, Adam was in this budding relationship. And we, I, I was like, yo, if you want to go be with the girl, let's roll to Nashville and spend, uh, spend a few months in Nashville and just see where it goes. And so here we are in Music City. I never, never in my life would have thought that I'd be moving to Nashville, Tennessee. But um, I love the South and I really love this this city i I like the uh, the difference i do miss california every once in a while sure and um, i'm i'm really feeling kind of at home here in the south and there's a lot of cool elements so that's what brought me to nashville you know it's funny (laughs) because actually i I always sort of had it in my mind that you were kind of destined for nashville i always like even even like for years i've always been sort of surprised that you didn't go there you know um because you always like and 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 i'm you know I, i i like the way I sort of always remember your music, I always feel like, yeah, that's going to, that's going to explode in Nashville. Like get there, go there. Right. Um, I had, I had that, that Californian dream and thing, you know, I, I I spent a lot of time, you know, in LA and working with, you know, different, different writers and that sort of thing. And um, I think that like, you know, you you kind of get drawn to one area, right? And whether totally. it's New York or California or, or Nashville, these music scenes. Um, L.A. is incredible. I lo- you know, I love yeah. that city, um, uh, really. And it's it's always struggling and it's always beautiful, right? There's, yeah. there's this real, like, light and dark to that city. Um, and I'm going to, like, agree with you. <laughs> now that I've been in Nashville... <laughs> For a couple of months, I'm like, or actually, I've only been here a month and maybe maybe 
four or five weeks. Yeah. But uh, now that I'm here, I'm like, why did this take me so long? Like, yeah, I'm I'm, not, I'm kidding, man. There's there's this is Music City. There's musicians all over the place. Um, I'm an entrepreneur, so I love the grind, and sure. it's really inspiring to see musicians that are out grinding every single day for this for this dream. It's you know, there's lots of other things we could be doing right now, but pushing for that. Now, how are like how is that adapting in with with everything that's happening with COVID? I mean, you know, it, it, in the states, um, I mean, you know, the states is in this whole other realm of existence yeah, yeah. from the rest of the world, right? And so yep. it's like yep. it's a really hard thing to navigate as an outsider. I can't imagine how to navigate that as inside it of it, you know, and, and yeah, and and so what what is it like? Like, is it, are, you know, um, is it really volatile? Is it really, uh, what, you know, inviting, like what's going on down there? Well, it's like, um, from a music, from a musician standpoint, I mean, COVID had a huge effect on, especially LA, especially yeah. Southern California, New York. Um, but really this whole country was affected in ways by it. Um, the music, the music scene, um, has been crippled by it in a way. Yeah. I mean, and I, I really, I'm an optimist. I really do see a, a bright future ahead once things kind of whatever normal looks like um, after this. But I know so many musicians and have worked with so many people at venues um, that like touring is their their bread and butter. You know, yeah, it's um, the only way to survive in a lot of ways. It's the only way that they make music, you know, and or yeah. that they make a living. And, and artists that literally, like I said about the grind, that gig every single day and on weekends they'll gig yeah. twice a day and especially here in nashville but you know i got you know actually just released a song today uh with a buddy named adam knight and you know adam and, and i met in san diego and um he played every single day and then all of a sudden COVID hits and it's like <laughs> where's the next you know paycheck coming from yep, so that's totally. it's always been a risk of being an artist and, and making a living is like your next paycheck comes from like what you create. And yeah. when we had the, you know, the rug pulled out from us, uh, and I, I don't actually, I'm very blessed. I don't get to lump myself into that because I didn't make my living through, through touring or playing or anything right. like that. Um, but I know so many people that have been heavily affected by it. Having grown up, you know, having met in, in high school and that being so far away, um, what is your most vivid memory of our friendship from back in the day? Yeah, that's a man, that's such a good question because, I mean, I remember you and I always connected. Um, we laughed a lot. You yeah. know, I, I think we did. I think we were in drama together. Now, you didn't go to you didn't go to Montgomery Junior High, did you? I didn't. No, we met no, in, okay. so and we I think met we even met school. late, even in high school. I think we didn't meet yeah. maybe until eleven or twelve, kind of thing. Yeah, so we we met through like drama and yeah. uh, and I you know I would say art, you know, just like the the desire to just like goof off and create instead of sit in you know uh, social studies or whatever. So I remember a lot of a, la a lot of laughter. I remember that we. Um, I was a, somewhat of a social butterfly and we kind of hung out in different crews, but, um, but you and I always kind of like connected and we would always hang out in the hallways. And I think yeah. maybe even saw each other at a, at a couple parties. And, um, I just always remember a big smile on your face and you always, and you always put a big one on mine. Huh. 
<laughs> that's so that's so sweet. I, it's 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 so funny because that's that's so similar to how I remember you. It's like um, I always felt a bit of a I, I always felt a connection with you because of that same sort of like social butterflyness. Like I never felt like I necessarily stuck in one single group i was always sort of bouncing around depending on mm-hmm. you know what 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 class it was or whatever it was you know yeah. and uh, and it was always a relief when you know i was in different groups and and you'd be there too it was like okay at least we've got this kind of anchor here somewhere right but uh man and high school is such a a world away for me like i i i mean i think I, i'm probably not alone in this but i feel like a completely different human being um, you know, looking back at that, that kid that was in, in high school. So, and there's almost something like even like deeper to it where I, I, I don't have many memories of, of my time in high school. And I don't know what that is, but I really, to an astonishing standpoint, don't remember a lot of, of my high school experience. So, uh, but, but I, but I do remember my friends and I do remember the people that, that I spent the time with down there and, uh, and you were one of them. Well, you know, I think that that makes sense, though, because I do think that um, I I think that people whose best part of their life is high school are, probably shouldn't be trusted. But, um, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but, also, but like they become I, police officers. Right, exactly. <laughs> fucking cops, right. You know, but uh, but uh, but also I think, um, you know, we're children. Right. I think I think that our our culture um fetishizes high school far too much in in media yeah. and movies and all these things and i think it really fetishizes the concept of like the most important years of your life i don't think they are i think they're formative years i think they're they're important in the sense that they shape who you become but i don't think that it's i don't think high school is who you are i think it's where you where you start to figure out that you don't know who you are you know and um totally and so I think it's not it's not it's not imperative to treasure high school. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, not at all. But, oh fuck high school! I'm not going back, bro. For real, for real. <laughs> I, you know, actually, that also plays into the other thing I was thinking of earlier in the interview when you were talking about connecting and and how it's creating the potential for relationships that have never existed before. And it's like one thing that I think is amazing about social media is it has completely eliminated the need for high school reunions. Um, yeah. you'll never, right. Cause it's like, I already know everything. I already know you, you became a loser and you became a cop and you're an asshole still. And you know, like, I don't need, I don't need to drink in a gymnasium to find that out anymore. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, That's but... amazing. What an interesting, what an interesting reunion we would have from bonus high school. I, I would feel so out of place, bro. Oh man. Well, they had one, you know, they had one. I think, uh, Mark, uh, was yeah, it uh, Mark yeah, yeah. Uh, Eshelman, right? Was his name? Yeah. Um, yeah. He, like, he, he tried to coordinate one, I think, at the Yeah, tenure. I think there was one being coordinated at Shanks or something. And, yeah, uh, they, like, I don't, yeah, they ended up doing I that at, for like, the life of me remember. No, <laughs> I can't even remember like, why I didn't go to that or if it even happened well, or whatever. But Mark's actually was, a really good friend of mine still. And, shit, yeah. Uh, I remember when he was doing that. But it's like, but it's like, it was, uh, like and this is no shade on mark but like it was a dumb idea you know like nobody wants to go nobody wants to go hang out at shanks with a bunch of people they haven't seen in 10 years you know but yeah especially like people that have kids and that sort of thing yeah. i think that that's what it came down to like people were like um i have children <laughs> you know it's, it was it's late and uh yeah. so school night so yeah yeah, no, it. yeah. Hilarious. i don't uh, know i i don't think you could drag me out to it to be honest if, not uh, a chance if, uh, no 
no i ended up i i think i got really drunk in honor of it that night but uh but i didn't i didn't go (laughs) who are a couple of people that you still stay not only just connected with but you still consider like a close friend in your life that comes came from high school Uh, if I'm being honest, no one, um, uh, I don't, I don't like, I don't have a single friend from high school that I stay in regular contact with anymore. Um, for a while I did, um, but those, those kind of fizzled away and, you know, for any number of reasons. Right. But, uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I actually, uh, I've actually been trying to rebuild some of those connections. Um, but yeah, uh, this is a but, good way to do it. Yeah, you know, and and you know, I'm 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 having people from high school on the show all throughout this kind of new season of it. And uh, but yeah, no, I you know, I it's actually it's been one of the sort of it's been one of the sort of sadnesses of my life is that I did mm-hmm. lose uh, lose contact with a lot of really dear and and very treasured friends um, from from that period. Yeah, of life. I resonate. I resonate with that. Heavily, yeah, you know, I mean, especially being. In another country. It's, well, yeah. <laughs> little, I mean, and you know, you know and I move around difficult. a lot. Yeah. Well, and yeah. That, so that's just it. You know, I move around a lot. In you know, obviously, I stay in Canada. It's not. It's not as extreme as a new country, but but it is. It it's 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 the same in that it it remains just as hard to stay in touch with people. It's still work to stay in touch with somebody. Yeah. You know, and 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 again, it loops back to this thing about the social media, where it's like. Yes, you can stay in touch, but you still have to do it. You know, you, yeah. you, it's not just an implicit thing, you know. And uh, so, yeah, so, you know, there's there's a couple of people I'm I'm working on getting better at reconnecting with. But it's a uh, it's a it's a pain in the ass, man. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, also, it's like, you know, it sounds it comes off cold, but there's something almost monastic about um, really being aware of where you are dedicating your energy, you know, and when you. I mean, we've got, I don't, I think this is even like a thing, but we've got like enough, really enough like bandwidth for like four or five good friends. You know, like if you've got, if you've got dreams, if you've got a job, if you've got a family, like at the end of the day, like you don't have time for a a 20 person friend group and going out every, um, and going and meeting up in in these big groups. Like you, you actually as an adult get to start focusing your energy in different areas. And, uh, I think it's actually like sort of an inward ex- exploration when we feel like, when we feel like, ah, oh, man, I miss that person or I miss that group of people, you know, I should reach out really what, what is going on in there is not, it's not necessarily a guilt thing. It's actually more of like, we want to be connected because maybe we're all scared to be alone. And like, we all have these like fears that come up or like, oh, that was such a good friendship. I don't want to lose that thing. So I should reach out when we make decisions out of fear, we actually start to like invest our energy in areas that aren't necessarily going to serve us going forward. So it's like this minimalistic thing, unfortunately, always also comes with um, allowing, not cutting, but allowing relationships like, like a river, you know, just seeing, you know, seeing this log going by and just like watching it very gently allowing it to just float down the river until it crosses the bend and give thanks for that little log, give thanks for the experience, give thanks for that relationship, you know, but allow it to, to flow down the river in grace without letting it clog up the, the river, you know? Well, cause that's just it. And, and cause the other thing too, is that, you know, um, friendships as with 
everything are meant to end you know like it's yeah. it's it's supposed to end you're supposed to move on it's good to to not hold on to these things like if if the relationship continues to serve you then that's obviously something but if it's not then it's so okay to let it go you know and and i yeah. think i think um i mean you know again it's the it's the th the thought behind this show is like I don't have the ability to be uh, as good a friend as I wish I could be to, you know, 400, 500 people. That's just not, it's just not <laughs> no in way. me, you know? And, and, and so I don't want to create the illusion that I can do that. And instead I'm going to do, I'm going to have the best hour I can with each person. And that's going to be what I can give, you know? And then, and yeah. then everything else after that is cake, you know, like, because then it's like, yeah. maybe we do see each other again and it's awesome. Maybe we never speak again. And that's awesome too. You know, like it's, there's nothing, yeah. there's no qualitative uh, uh, assessment on any of this, you know? Savings, checkings, GIC, budget, RESP, RRSP, TFSA, mutual funds, credit score, emergency funds, variable versus fixed rates, compound interest, retirement. The list goes on and on. It's time to make sense of it all. At Connexus Credit Union, they want to help. Financial literacy is a critical life skill, giving you the knowledge and confidence to make smart, responsible decisions about your money. Visit ConnexusMoneyTalk.ca to find expert advice, tips, and solutions for all life stages and events, and increase your financial literacy knowledge and confidence today. What do you think it takes to be a good friend in 2020 and now, I mean, almost 2021? Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I love that question because we are at a point, obviously, where everybody's been isolated, you know? Yeah. So friends and what, like, what the word friend really means uh, is, is so important to understand, like, what type of relationship you really want to have in your life. Um, I, I see, obviously, I see us all as kind of a global community, a global family. And, um, and right now I think support is the most important thing. And you can see that somebody is, um, everybody's in need of support in some way. And so for me, what I love, what I love about some of my friends, even back home, you know, one of my best friends, Kyle Bullitt, uh, who we went to high school oh, with. Oh yeah, I remember him. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, I, him and I still stay in touch. He's got his third little one on the way and, uh, you know, lives, lives a domesticated, you know, very beautiful life with his uh with his sweetheart um in silver springs you know back oh, home. Shit. oh my god yeah so it's it's just funny and uh and he'll pick up the phone just randomly every once in a while and just facetime you know yeah. um and it's always around the same time you know sometimes when he's driving home from work or whatever and uh and we'll just check in and it's short it's brief um but i can expect that if you know a few weeks haven't gone or have gone by and i haven't heard from him i'm, I'm gonna be getting a call from him sometimes i'll call him and he won't call me back for two weeks. Sometimes he'll call me and I won't call him back for a month, you know, but there's no pressure on that relationship. And it's always supportive when it comes in. And I think that for me would be an example of, of, of being a good friend is like, let's drop the expectations on people. Let's drop the expectations on our relationship relationships. Um, those expectations just, again, they come out of this fear of need, this fear of, 
scarcity, you know. Um, and I think that when we allow ourselves and our friends and our partners to just go and navigate life in, in this way and know that they're going to come back into into that fold when the time is right for them, instead of getting mad and cutting people off and blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's time for us to revisit what relationships really look like. And I think that the, at the heart of that is allowing ourselves to grow into the best version of ourselves. And if you can be a support for that, then you're a great friend. If you can support somebody in being in the best version of themselves, um, that, that's, that's the essence, I think, of relationship um, in, you know, whatever spectrum, you know, from romantic relationships to business relationships uh, to friendships. And I, I've always made a point of always working with friends. Everybody says, don't work with your friends. Well, I, I don't know who I would hang out with if I didn't. I, I love, love everybody that I work with. And I love everybody that I, I went into business in California with one of my best friends at the time. And he's, he's like family. He always will be. And, uh, and so we've, I've always um, maintained that, you know, your relationships and your friendships are as important in terms of building as any other relationship that you yeah. can have. Um, you know, I, I love the idea of, of it's about releasing expectation, right? It's, a, it's the idea of, uh, of like taking away, it, you know, I, I think so many of our relationships inadvertently get based on sort of proving what a good friend you are. And I think yeah. what, it, you know, and I think what you're saying, and I agree with is like releasing that part and, 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 you know, just being supportive instead. I think that's beautiful. I think that's, yeah, God damn. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. It, right. Yeah. If you have to, if you have to prove anything, it just means that there's a fear that you're not, you're not that, you're not yeah. capable of that. And I think that if you feel like you're having to prove anything, I think you should always look at why, yeah. <laughs> why yeah. am I proving this? Am I, or is that taking, is that something that's actually not me? Like, I'm going to huh. prove that I'm responsible. And it's like, well, maybe you're not responsible. You yeah, have to yeah. prove that. And maybe know? that's super cool. Like maybe you should just in, in, engage and allow yourself to not be responsible. Like maybe that's yep. fine. You know? Totally. And yeah. if you want to grow into being responsible, like, and responsible is just like this one right. word that shot at there. Yeah. But if you want to grow, grow into that thing that you're trying to prove yourself to be, uh, the first thing that you should do is be really honest about whether you are or not. That's right. the only way that you're actually going to open up space to grow. Like, if you're like, I'm responsible, I'm super responsible, I'm going to prove this to you. <laughs> you're going to spend most of your time trying to prove something, then realizing that maybe there's an area for growth in that yeah. area that you're trying to prove. You know, so it's about humility. All right. I want, I know that you've traveled around a lot. I know you haven't spent your entire time in Calgary. Um, I want to know, and this, I mean, my, my questions are more just like catch up and wanting to hear kind of your story, but, but, uh, I want to know where you've, where you have lived. That's been most serving kind of James, you know, who you are, where, where have you landed and, and why was that area something that felt really supportive to like you at that time of life where you were just like, fuck yes, this is home for me. This is where yeah. I'm spending uh, what's the most interesting place that you've landed? You know, man, it's funny because I, you know, um, I, I, I don't know if I've found that exact spot. I think I've found little like I feel like I found like months in certain spots for it, but I've mm -hmm. yet to actually find the city. Um, I keep searching for it. You know, I think when I, you know, the last time we saw each other, you know, 15 years ago, uh, <laughs> when, uh, when I, you know, when we graduated high school and I moved to Victoria, that was really where I. I 
wanted to be at the time. But five years after that, it was really, really uh, destructive, you know, mentally and emotionally for me. It ended up being kind of the, the you know, I, I had to get out of there because it was just the wrong place to be. And same yeah. thing with, you know, when I when I went to Vancouver, same thing. It was like I arrived and I was like it was a breath of fresh air and I was excited and it was new. And then again, a couple of years in, uh, it all went to shit, you know? <laughs> and, uh, yep. um, so, you know, um, I think I'm actually still searching for it, you know? Um, uh, same thing, even here, you know, being in Saskatoon, I think there's a lot of really beautiful qualities to the city. And I think there's a lot of good and a lot of potential in it. And then there's a lot that is really, really toxic and really underhanded and, and, um, I want nothing to do with, you know? And so it's, uh, it's tough, but then also we're in a pandemic, right? And, and, mm -hmm. you know, my, my wife and I, we keep it really locked down. Like we, you know, we have, we have family that we, that we need to, you know, be, be, be cognizant of exactly. So we, we keep it really locked down. So, um, you, you know, it's been a real, well, thanks, but it's like, it's been a really lonely year because of that, you know, and, uh, no and it's made, made this whole, this whole thing that much harder. Like I'm, I'm lucky in that I have a wife who is my, my absolute like ride or die, you know? And so it's like, yeah, it, makes yeah, that, yeah. it makes that, you know, easier, I guess is the word, but it feels, it, it almost doesn't feel expressive enough for what it, what it is. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I think I'm still looking for it and, uh, and that's, and I, that I like me, that answer you know? to be honest. Yeah. Like uh, it, it, I, cause I think that that is, it's this idea that I think brings a lot of unhappiness to people that, sure. that there is one place for you that there right. is. And I think, I think you answered my question in terms of like where these different spots actually brought inspiration to your life and where you met them at the time. Yeah. But we, I mean, I, I resonate so much with this, even from leaving California, leaving California, bro was yeah, I'll bet one of the most difficult things that I've <laughs> yeah. ever done. There's so imagine. much resistance to it. I, I always said it just feels like, breaking up with somebody that you're in love with and there's absolutely nothing wrong with the relationship. <laughs> just like, well, I got, I got a role, you know, but, uh, but we, to be really aware of when something, even in, even a relationship, you yep. know, for, like we were talking about friendship, but places we, we end up having a relationship with places, right. Yeah. With a house um, or, or, you know, with a city or an area of the world that, their their time passes as well. I, I really believe that. And when we hold on to something that is like me holding on to like California, or you holding on to like Victoria, because you're like, ah, oh, but I like this place, you know, yes. or, or whatever the reason. Um, I think that there's, you know, even spiritually, there's, there's a way that things kind of move out of our lives yep. that until we're ready and like willing to let go and just say yes, um, there's a growth that's, trying to happen that you're stunting you're hindering by holding on to what was there right mm -hmm. so like i think that i think that you know I, I i am a spiritual person i do think that like uh we are we are not guided we're not like controlled but there's these beautiful gentle nudgings like a river huh. you know that yeah. if you're able to if you're able to be in flow with um and not hold on to the side of the bank because you think it's your spot right. um you have no idea what's coming what's coming um, what's coming down the down the way for you, and oh. uh, I think it's really important for us to be open to that. You know, fuck, man, Angus, we could I we could talk for a whole other podcast. 
Anytime, brother. It's been, it's been a pleasure to chat with you. Uh, just personally, it's been a pleasure to catch up, and, and, I, and I just do really appreciate you uh, thinking of me and having me on this podcast. Fuck so. yeah, man. I, yeah, no, I just, you know, it's, 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 it's one of the really beautiful experiences of this show that I'm, I'm really grateful. You know, this sounds weird to say, but it's like, I'm grateful that I've set up this opportunity for myself to experience this. It's um in that, like mm-hmm. in that, you know, I, I'm somebody who will really, I'll trap myself in my own mind and, and I'll trap myself in all the thoughts of, why I don't deserve this or why these people don't like me or whatever it might be, you know, all those really like negative intrusive thoughts and, and, um, and to have the opportunity to catch up with you, even just for an hour, you know, you are someone who, who I, I treasure as a friend from my past. And I, and I think nothing Mm -hmm. but just these glowing, happy memories of you. And, and, and I'm so, Mm -hmm. I'm just so happy to see you doing so well. And, you know, you're, photos you're smiling and you're in the sun and it's just it's a it's a beautiful thing to to witness people living well and living happy you know and um and i'm just really grateful i'm really grateful that we got to know each other at some point in our existence you know (laughs) yeah brother absolutely man and i i want to echo that you know i just uh really am grateful for uh the relationship that we got to have as friendship as a friendship you know back in the back in the day back in our other life yeah and uh you know, there's there's a song called Into Your Atmosphere that John Mayer does. Mm. And I've always loved this line. Um, I watch your life play out in pictures from afar, mm. you know, and that what, what a statement of the of the times, you know, where no matter where we are on the planet, no matter what we're doing, we get to watch each other's lives play out in these pictures from uh, across the world or across the country or even across the city. And you still don't have that connection. So. Um, kudos to you for creating this podcast and this idea around just, uh, you know, real connection, even just for an hour and, and a touch base. Cause it's, uh, it has definitely connected us again. And I'm really grateful yeah. to, to have been able to like just chat and tell my story. And obviously I would, I would love to, um, continue, uh, telling it. Um, <laughs> if you, if you, if you'd have me back, I got lots, yeah. uh, lots more to dive into. Lots of stories. We got one last thing that we got to do before I let you go though. So I'm going to pull up your Facebook. And uh, here we go. All right, Angus Wilson. We. Oh, it's thinking. It's really thinking about this. It doesn't want to let me. There we go. (laughs) We are no longer Facebook friends. Beauty. All right. So good riddance. that's it thank you once more to angus for coming on the show he is just such a great guy to chat with and uh be sure to check out everything he's doing down in nashville um as always if you like the show please tell your friends look i'm not jeremy renner i can't make an app that people just start using and give me money for um there are very very few people on this earth who are actually aware that i exist which hey look no real complaint about that but If you think there's someone who should know about Friendless, only you can tell them about it. 
Share the links, like the posts, subscribe wherever you can. Most importantly, be sure to rate and review this episode on Apple Podcasts. If you give it a five-star review, you're just going to feel so good about doing something good. Don't forget to send me your answers to the question, what does it take to be a good friend in 2021? You can email me at friendlesspod at gmail.com or find me on all social media platforms at friendlesspod or my personal is unaveragemango. In some really fun news and in what might feel like deja vu for some of my older listeners, I'm working on a website reboot. Um, I'm finally biting the bullet and investing in Squarespace. And let me tell you, it is shaping up real nice. Lots of goodies going to be coming along with the site launch, new writing, new merch, all kinds of fun stuff. I'm really hoping it'll be live sooner than later, but I will keep you posted on that. That's it for me this week. Next week, I'm going to be having an absolutely lovely interview with an old co-worker of mine from my halcyon days working at American Eagle, Hannah Wells. It's going to be a fantastic episode. You cannot miss it. But that's next week. This is now. Take care of yourselves and each other. Fun and safety, y'all. <laughs>